Welcome to Sanford University's Campus Worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. And now, Lord Jesus, amen. Well, I'd like to start off by saying good morning. Thank you. Uh, my name is Cam Thomas. I have the pleasure of being an alum of Sanford University, um, May 2014. Uh, I am truly grateful and honored for this opportunity to share together. Uh, I've, I thought about going up there, but then I said, you know, we'll just sit down and have a fireside chat together. We'll do that this morning. But I want to uh, say thank you, Dr. Curlin. Thank you to our worship uh, staff and team for leading us up to this place and point in our worship. Uh, Chris, who's our worship leader this morning, reminded me this morning uh, that I actually gave him his tour before he came to Sanford, and now he's a senior. I don't know if I should feel exuberant about that or be ashamed of my age, but uh, nevertheless, we are here together. Truly, I thank you so much for this chance uh, to share with you. Uh, I've, I've sat in your seats before. Uh, I've heard sermons. I've heard lectures. Uh, and I hope not to be uh, one of those that I did not like to hear in undergrad. But I'd like to call our attention uh, in our time together to Proverbs number 22. Proverbs number 22 as we continue our study uh, through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 22. I uh, just want to read two verses. <coughs> uh, it reads on this wise from the Holman Christian uh, Standard Bible. A good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. A good name is to be chosen over riches, over great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have this in common, the Lord. The Lord made them both. The Lord made them both. I want to talk for just a little while. I want to talk about the level ground, level ground, level, level ground, level ground. When I say the name uh, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, there's something that arises in you. You hear these these names, not just merely that we are in the heart of uh, a, a political uh, season in our country, but I, I think of other names, Michael Jordan, uh, as well as even uh, Scottie Pippen, uh, Allen Iverson. I think of people, names like Tom Hanks. I think of people like Angelina Jolie. These names they do something to us. They wake something up in us. They, they, they pull on our soul because there's this idea and concept that, that we identify people by the name that they have. Actually, talking about names uh, is something that, that is a part of the biblical argument. You see there in Genesis chapter number 11, uh, verse number 4, the people conspired together that they would build this great tower up to the heavens. And they said, we shall build this tower up to the heavens, and guess what we're going to do? We shall make a, you guessed it, a name for ourselves. Name, name, something, something as we follow this, this biblical theme of name, we don't have to go even any further. Genesis chapter 12, 
Verse number three, the call of the father of the faith, Abraham. Abraham, Genesis 12 and 1, I want you to rise, get out of your country, uh, uh, leave uh, the place where you are living, and I want you to go to a place that the only way that you know that you are there, I will show it to you. And he says, guess what? I will bless you, and I will make your, you guessed it again, your name great. There's something about names. Well, as we see in, in Genesis 11, Genesis 12, we see there that, that the people themselves in Genesis 11 build the tower, are aspiring to build the Tower of Babel, and they are aspiring to make a name for themselves. But Genesis 12, Abraham is called, called out of the breadbasket of the universe, out, 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 out of the place of fertility. And God tells him, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, and you're not going to work to make your name great, but I'm going to make your name great. What in the world does this name thing have to do with Proverbs? You, you, you've been listening, Proverbs, all semester. You, you, you know by now that Proverbs, the book of Proverbs itself, is not a book of, 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 of divine promises or even mere uh, 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 promises uh, of God. You, you, you know that. You know that the, that the statements in Proverbs do not assume that if you do X, Y, Z, then these things have to happen. You, you, you recognize that. You're a Sam, Sanford student. You're a proud Sanford. You understand that because, I mean, some of our parents read Proverbs 22 and verse number 6, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, it will not depart from them. But there are some parents who have decided to go another way. So the book of Proverbs, the statements are not necessarily foolproof. Uh, uh, they are not even necessarily uh, uh, promises that, that we ourselves should hinge and hang our entire theology about. But I do believe that the words in Proverbs provide for us some universal truths, some universal truths that if, if we ourselves adhere to them, then we will be able to live somewhat in a life of normalcy as well as complacency. But what in the world do we do with Proverbs 22, verse 1 and 2? A good name, a good name is far better than riches. I believe in 2016 that our world should grasp Proverbs 22 and 1 and hold on to it. And the reason I believe that we should grab 22 and 1 and hold on to it is, is because it provides for us somewhat the relief from having the high aspirations that our identity is defined by the things we possess. If we really want to be good canonical and Bible reading people, we can't just merely take a, 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 a one isolated verse. We have to put it in, in somewhat in, in conversation with the rest of the Bible. Well, go back to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. Abraham, uh, I'm going to make your name great. He is called to leave uh, the land of Ur of the Chaldeans, and he is led down to Egypt. He moves from the breadbasket of the universe, a place of fertility, and he ends up in a place called Egypt, and Egypt is in the midst of a famine. He leaves a place of fertility, heading to a place of futility. But the Lord promised him, I'm going to make your name great. How in the world, God, can you make his name great if he's leaving a sure foundation 
and he is stepping out on unstable, somewhat sinking sand. How in the world can you make his name great if he's leaving a place of great possibilities heading to the place of the unknown? But I don't just grab Abraham. I, I must talk with Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, in Jesus' proclamation as we know it, uh, 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 the sermon on the mount uh, uh, there began in its inception in, in Matthew chapter number 5 and concludes in chapter number 7. But, but we see there in Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus is talking with his disciples as he gives them uh, 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 what I like to call the declaration of the kingdom. He says, listen, if you're going to live uh, uh, under my reign, if, you, if I'm going to be your king of king and lord of lord, this is how, how my kingdom lives. Matthew 6, uh, uh, around about 27 through 33, it says, listen here, don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your fashion. Don't worry about your finances. Don't worry about your future. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto, unto you. Unto, unto you. So, so this name thing, a good name is far better than, than, than riches. And favor, and favor, favor itself is, mm, I would say, look, look at verse number one, it's better than silver and gold. See, there are many of you that are seniors now, and you're preparing, you, some of you may graduate in December, some of you may graduate in next May, and you have the weight of the world on your shoulders because you're trying to figure out job security, you're trying to figure out what's the next move. Maybe you yourself are trying to plan for your next semester because you want to graduate in three and a half years instead of lingering around five or even seven years like people like Cam. But, but you yourself are trying to work these things out, trying to work all of this stuff because you say, I have to get to the money now. If I don't get to the money now, I will never get to it. But, 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 but the proverb says, do not become consumed in your possessions because our possessions sometimes are used as things to separate us. Well, we've got to keep going in, this verse, in, in these verses here because verse number two says, listen here, the rich and the poor. Hmm. The rich and the poor. They have something in common. They have something in common. Now, I think, Dr. Curlin, uh, that the proverbial writer here is providing us with one of the greatest paradoxes uh, uh, in, in Scripture, one of the greatest paradoxes that's actually a theme throughout Scripture as a whole. It says the rich and the poor have something together. If you read another translation, it, it may say the rich and the poor, I believe the ESV says, they meet together. The rich and the poor meet together. If there are any two groups of people that should be divided, it ought to be the rich and the poor. But how in the world, how in the world can the rich and the poor meet together? Because, you know, if people are rich, they've worked hard their life. Pe people that are rich, they, they have done everything they were supposed to do. The people that were rich, uh, uh, they, they passed Belsky exams in class with an A in accounting. Pe people that are rich, they are destined. They have done the right thing. Mm, but, 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 but it provides us better. The rich and the poor, they meet together. They, they are in proximity of each other. They, the message Bible says it this way, the rich and the poor are able to shake each other's hands. What place, 
with the rich and the poor shake each other's hand. Where, where, is, the pla- where is the place that the rich and the poor have in, in common to together? Well, I believe that, 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 that this great paradox, and, and there's a scholar who says that the paradox is, is true, standing on his head, screaming for attention. Oh, goodness, what, 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 what is this? What is this truth? What is this paradoxical statement? Where in the world is it trying to lead us to? It says the rich and the poor have something, something in in common. Well, what we've talked about the rich, evidently they are the people. You know, our capitalistic uh, uh, economy as well as world has shaped our minds to think. People that have, have, have money, have wealth, somebody's done something right. Evidently their mother, their father, their grandfather, uh, uh, or even their great-great-grandfather, they, they did something right. So if we say that is what happens with the rich, well, how did the poor become poor? Well, well evidently, if they are not rich, then we must assume that Maybe they did something wrong. Maybe they got themselves in this predicament. Hmm. They're poor. They're not rich. So evidently they may have had a C in a class. Hmm. Poor. Maybe, maybe, maybe they themselves, maybe they, 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 they did not do everything the way it was supposed to be be done. Well, to tell you one of the greatest contrasts is the description of how the Bible really sees the rich and the poor. Because the interesting thing is, is that uh, uh, the rich themselves are not always rich because they've done the right thing. Sometimes there is a coercion. Sometimes there is manipulation. Sometimes the root uh, of, their, of their profit is, is from greed and from manipulation. And so we ourselves must be careful how we identify and label people as rich as well as the poor. You know, Jesus himself used an example. He was telling the parable once of a man by the name of Lazarus who himself was a sick, begging man. And he went to the rich man and said, listen here, rich man, will you give me something to eat? Will you give me me something? Well, the Bible tells us that the rich man himself desired not to give Lazarus anything. And the Bible says that the rich man died. And as he died, he himself uh, went down to, to the holding place, went down to Sheol, and, and he sent a message up to, 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 the, to poor Lazarus, who, who the Lord had caused dogs to become nurses and lick his wounds and so on. As Lazarus, this poor man himself was, guess what, he was resting in what the Bible called Abraham's bosom. And the rich man said, listen here, sir, will you please tell my brothers and my my sisters that guess what? They don't need to come as I have come. As we began to hear about this story, we would have thought that the rich man would have made his way to be in the presence of God. But he ended up in a separate place. But this poor man, Lazarus himself, ended up in Abraham's bosom. The rich and the poor. They have something in common. What is the thing that they have in common? Well, Proverbs 22 and 2, it says, The Lord is their maker. The commonality between the rich and the poor. The distinction that the world imposes of, of, of one, of persons and people being separated by possessions. The wall is torn down because the Lord is 
their maker. He's not just merely the rich person's maker, but he is the poor person's maker. And I'm going to suggest this. If your theology does not have a place for the weak, afflicted, and the marginalized, and the ostracized, I think you may need to open your Bible again and read it from, 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 from cover to cover. Because you must understand that the Bible itself is not a book that merely imposes unto privileged persons and people. And I'll say this, just because we are standing here at Sanford University in Reed Chapel being able to worship and talk about a true and living God, all of us have some form of privilege. But there, the thing that, that makes us different is not that we are any better than anybody that does not come behind the Sanford Gates or even the Sanford Bubble. That's, that's not the thing that, that makes us different. There truly is no distinction between the rich and the poor. Why do you say that? Because we must go back to our idea of creation. Genesis chapter number 1, around about verse 26, 27. It says, guess what? That that was a Trinitarian conversation where, where, where the, the, the Lord said, listen here, let us make man humanity creation as a whole in our own image so every person that is created is an image bearer of god mm, mm, is an image bearer of god and so just because my skin is different from yours and i can say that because it, it may be uh, uh, but the, the interesting thing is is that guess what you are no different from me because guess what? As you are an image bearer of God, I too am an image bearer of God. For some of you, that make you, may make you feel uncomfortable. For some of you, that may make you feel, mm, I would say, uneasy. That's okay. I believe that the gospel message of Jesus Christ is something that, that causes us to tear down our walls of partition as well as to, call, to, 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 be, to be called out of the things that divide us. See, see what so many people are, are getting involved and engaged in, and I'm going to take this aside because I, I, I'm going to take this privileged moment here. What so many people try to do or trying to do here and now in 2016 is, is we're trying to distinguish the things that make us all different. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, whether you're Tea Party, Third Party, Libertarian, or whatever, for us as believers, we, we may disagree. We may even look at the world differently. But, but we ourselves have to come back and realize that the Lord is the maker of us all. How in the world can you say this? Well, if I'm an image bearer of God and you're an image bearer of God, the only way I can treat you as a true human being it's not that I have to validate you as a human being, but I must myself know that I am a human being. Think about this now. Think of it that now. The only way I can truly love you is if I know that I love myself. The only way I can make sure that I do not do anything to harm you is that I, I must be committed to not harming myself. Because if I recognize myself as a human being, then I should be willing to treat other people as human beings. The ground is level. The ground is level. The ground is level. Well, well, well this is just Proverbs. Thomas, how, what in the world does this mean? Well, I told you, I don't just like to take one view of Scripture just isolated by itself. I believe Jesus Christ 
who is the Savior of the whole world, the one who we sung earlier, in Christ alone, in, in Christ alone. You know what? Jesus himself shows us the greatest example, I would say, of just how the Lord is the maker of us all. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Synoptic Gospels, provide for us a story about Jesus that shows us how the rich and the poor meet together, have in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Matthew, Mark, and Luke attest to us that there was this crazy, fire-preaching, passionate preacher named John the Baptist who was out. Know if he was holding tent revivals or just merely baptism service, but but we do know what his message is. His message is repent, for the kingdom of heaven is upon us. It's approaching us. It's approaching us. Isaiah 40 talks about this. He says, listen here, comfort, comfort uh, uh, my people. Where it says, listen here, there's gonna be one who's gonna be like a voice crying out in the wilderness. Crying out in the in, in the wilderness. And guess what? The Bible tells us in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it tells us that Jesus himself, when John was baptizing, Jesus stood in the line. Jesus stood in the line. Jesus is standing in the line, in Christ alone, the one who is going to save the world from their sin, the Lamb of God that's going to be slain. He's standing in line with all these kinds of people, the rich, the poor, the adulterers, the fornicators, the liars, the cheaters. Jesus is standing in line with them. Jesus is standing in line with them. And Jesus himself gets baptized. John says, listen, I'm not worthy to baptize you. You, 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 you. You're, you're greater than I am. You, you, I'm baptizing merely with water, but, but you're going to baptize with the Spirit. I'm not worried. But Jesus still stands in line as, 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 as John is preaching and telling him, repent, repent. Jesus still standing in the line. Jesus standing in the line. Jesus gets baptized. There's a Trinitarian reunion. God the Father opens up the heaven. The Holy Spirit comes down in the likeness of a dove. And Christ himself, and there's a voice from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Guess what else? The, the ground is level. Guess what? Jesus himself went and served in ministry about three and a half years. And guess where his ministry ended up making him uh, uh, his final climactic action? Well, well, one of them, because the story doesn't even conclude that. He went to the cross. And there's an old song in the church where it says, listen here, there's room at the cross for you, though, though many have come, still there is room for everyone. There's room at the cross for you. You may be high. You may be low, some rich, others poor. But there's room at the cross for you. Let's bring this full circle, can we? Well, if the rich and the poor have the maker, uh, uh, the Lord, they, they share that the Lord is their maker. Let's go back to verse 1. A good name. A good name is far better than riches. Well, there's something about the name Jesus. And in that, I believe it's Philippians 2 and 10 where it says, at the name of Jesus. Hmm. 
every knees gonna bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord Jesus having a conversation with his disciples before over there in Matthew round about chapter number 16. He says, guess what? Guess what? Who do men say that I am? Some said Jeremiah, some say Elijah. Peter said, listen here, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I, I got to give you some of the New Testament church too because Acts chapter number 4 in the Acts of the Apostles where the Holy Spirit has endowed the believers to be able to call uh, 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 folks that are lame and make them walk. Acts chapter number 3, uh, uh, Peter declared, silver and gold have I none, but such I have I give unto thee. Look at what it says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And then they got standing before the council and they said, you know what, don't mention a name anymore. This the disciples, the apostles said, no, 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 no. That's something, that's something about that name. We, we can't be silent about this name. You know, we, we, uh, uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, they may uh, uh, polarize people and make them feel uh, uh, uncomfortable in some type of way, but there's something about this name. Acts chapter number four, there's no other name under heaven given unto men by which that they might be saved. The ground is level. Good name is far better than riches. Favor is far better than silver and gold. The rich and the poor, they do have something in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Let us pray. God, we are grateful that you have given us a name that soothes our thoughts and calms our fears. We are grateful, God, that you have removed barriers and partitions that are intended to divide us. But as your children, you give us the reminder that you are the maker of us all. Father, I pray that you would allow our humanity to be shared with other humans. That the love you have given to us, we will give to others. The compassion and grace you have given to us, we would extend it to others. Pray God that we would be challenged to recognize that things are not as they always seem, but God, you are faithful. And our hope is not in mere economy, mere actions of others, but our hope is in you. That Lord, if, if you are to call us or to come again, that we would rest in knowing that there's no heights, no depths that can separate us from you. Allow us to walk boldly as, the, as we leave this place, not in our name, not in Sanford's name, not in our family's name, but in your name, because there's power in your name to walk and live and love as you've called us to, as your people. God, we are grateful that you are our God and we are your people. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You're dismissed. For more information about Samford University, check out Samford.
Edu.